Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Hey, Tara, welcome to another week in the mayhem. How are you doing? Well, I'm pretty good, Chris. How about you? I am uh I'm definitely sore. I've uh moved everything I own to a new house and uh I can't find half of what I need, but uh, I was able to find my podcasting gear, so here we are. Hey, priorities, man. That's how it's supposed to go. Right. How did and, the move uh, go? I have advice for Oh, the move was fine. It uh took us 2 days. We got everything moved. We did it all ourselves, which which was nice. Uh you know, you never know, realize how much stuff you have squirreled away uh, until you actually have to move it all. So right. I realized I'm really good at Tetris because I can like, <laughs> you know, fit all the puzzle pieces together. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. And uh, just it was a long two days. And um, I have advice for anybody out there that wants to get in shape. If you want to get in shape, you don't need to go to a gym. You just need to go work for a moving company. And in a couple of weeks, you're going to be like, he man, so. That would be, uh, nice. and then you'll get some bucks on the side right so you won't be spending but, on a gym membership you'll be getting paid it's a win-win <laughs> but you're all moved in all organized everything you can live now you're i can live yeah life. so we got we've got the important stuff organized i've got the kitchen organized and the bedrooms are organized and we're kind of working on the rest of the house so it, it'll take a little while but uh, if anybody is planning on moving and wants a super good deal on moving boxes uh <laughs> definitely hit me up because uh i'll i'm Willing to give a smoking deal on, on boxes. <laughs> nice. We have many of them to go around. So did you end up purging a lot of stuff? I know when, when people move, you end up finding things you haven't seen in a while and realize you don't need oh, it anymore and get some yep. get to clean out some clutter that you don't even know is going to be clutter in the new house yet. Yeah, we're on, uh, I think, level three of purge right now. So I did an <laughs> initial purge, you know, packing. And right. a bunch of stuff went to Goodwill. A bunch of stuff went in the trash. Now, uh, you know, I've got another round to go to Goodwill and we've, we've got a huge load of trash out tonight and, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff in the garage. So my, my rule is it doesn't come in the house unless we need it. Uh, (laughs) so that, that keeps it from going downstairs and, and getting swallowed in the black hole of the basement. So, yeah, no, but there's a, there's a bunch of stuff I'm going to be getting away, you know, either giving away or selling or whatever. So uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna definitely do round three a purge very thoroughly <laughs> so. well you'll find i know and after i moved in i purged that one time and during the packing i purged another time during the unpacking and then right. i just completed my first year in this house and i'm doing another repurge and another now, purge right yeah. and what's kind of funny now is i'm getting to that minimalistic attitude of i don't really need that just in case i move yeah. in the near future like 20 years i don't want to have to move mm-hmm. it so it's not we don't know it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think I think as you get older, you realize you don't need as much stuff, right? Uh, right. You, it's a little bit easier to simplify. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely giving away or getting rid of a lot of stuff that that I've had for quite some time, and uh, <laughs> and definitely don't want to have to move it again. So, I don't blame you. Absolutely. Good time. Well, should we, we do some news? news? Let's get into the news. See what's going on. This is the newsroom. 
Well, we have some uh, awesome news tonight. It's kind of a miscellaneous show we've got for everybody, and uh, not so much politics, but uh, we're, uh, we're kind of like the king of random tonight. So, Fine. Take away my politics. What am I going to gripe about then? <laughs> I don't know. We can, we can maybe gripe about it, politics, at the end of the news section here. Do you, you remember um, what's that? You got some interesting stuff in there, so uh, something yeah. will occur. You know, I figured we we've all been through the politics for the last you know year or so, and it's time to take well, a break and we have look at what else years, life has to offer. There's four years of Biden material to get through, and it just got started. Yeah, and then we there'll be four more start. years of some other, and then there'll be either four more years of Biden or four more years of some other dude or gal, Trump. and and you know it's just gonna <laughs> go on and on. There's always four more years, so there's plenty Job of politics security. to go around. Job security. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, do you remember a couple of years ago there was a meme that came out with the overly attached girlfriend? Do you remember I her? I might if you show me a picture. I'm better with so visual she, than uh, I am anything she, else. Uh, she became uh, an oh, you know, uh, a sensation kind of overnight. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna bring her a uh, picture yeah, up bring here. Bring her up on screen. Let's uh, see how this looks. Let me find a good one here because uh, you're definitely gonna know her her picture no. once i show it to you uh let's see let's see this is the well i should have brought it up earlier there's a video here um you know but uh it's um it's definitely uh if you if you've lived through the what was it the uh 2000s i guess is when this was was big Which uh, then, then you most most of us <laughs> did. so so this gal's story is basically she uh she became an instant meme overnight, right? Uh, okay. And so, uh, let me see. I'm going to try and bring it up here. Uh, share screen and <laughs> Google search. There you're we talking go. Okay, about so, it, so you're aware. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so you remember her? I mean, oh my know, goodness, yeah, this I is the overly attached girlfriend meme. Yeah, I did not realize that's what that. Yes, I've seen this all over the place. So you've seen her, right? Like her, her meme is just hilarious because. You know, it's just some of it's true, <laughs> you know. Um, I but, do know uh, like this. She, she became she became the face of the uh, the overly attached girlfriend, kind of overnight. And I didn't know that it had a connection to uh, was it Justin Bieber? She was what? a big Justin Bieber fan. So um, uh, yeah, so uh, he's you know it's uh, definitely uh, an interesting story, but. There's a YouTube video. We've got a link in the show notes, and she basically explains how she became a meme, instant meme overnight, and kind of how it um, how it sort of affected her life, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. So um, oh, yeah? she actually became the meme, and then she started doing YouTube videos, and then she said uh, she felt all this pressure to keep doing videos. And I mean, you know, the first couple you do is pretty easy because you've got good ideas and then, you know, material starts to run dry and, you know, it becomes harder and harder to uh, to sort of keep up that same thing, right? Right. Um, and so then she started to get depressed and all this kind of stuff. So anyhow, it's a really interesting video to go watch and it's really poignant for anybody that sort of, um, you know, consumes social media or, you know, makes social media. Um, it's really just kind of an interesting story and it's a little bit of a cautionary tale as well. So um, All right, then. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely something to go look at there. Doesn't um, she have crazy eyes? Isn't that what you guys call crazy eye? Yeah, she, she has uh, crazy eyes, but 
what's funny is, you know, she did the meme as a joke, right? Um, right. And it was it was because of one of the Justin Bieber songs, and and I don't remember which one, but you can watch the video, and it'll tell you all the nitty gritty details yeah. uh, about that. So nice. Um, I'll have to watch that. But yeah, she did it kind of as a joke, and then it was like the next morning she woke up and she was you know insta famous, and uh, <laughs> and it was like you know the the hits just kept rolling in. Um, but she doesn't yeah. do videos anymore apparently. But uh, anyhow, she does. Uh, she does talk about it, and it's it's a good cautionary tale. Like I said, it's it's a good one to watch. I have to go take a look at that one. I missed it. I missed it. So um, we do have a little mm -hmm. bit of politics, I guess. Um, do you remember uh, Mike Eleven? Michael Eleven. I don't know anything Levin. tonight. Clearly, uh, Eleven. Oh, Michael Levine. Michael Levine. Yeah. Michael um, Levine. L e v i n e. Yeah, I can't. He's, I can't. Isn't he one of us? Isn't he a podcaster or some crazy? Uh, he's he's a, a he's a talk show. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's a talk show host. Um, but you know, basically, what he's saying is. Uh, Oh, and they always got a video to play here. So we'll stop nice. Um, you know, basically he's saying that the COVID lockdowns, um, you know, have some um, consequences beyond. Yeah, they have an they have an unintended consequence uh, beyond, um, you know, just locking everybody down, right? Right. Uh, so you know what we're seeing now is substance abuse is spiking. Um, you know, and they, they think that's going to continue on for decades because, you know, once you start a substance abuse habit, it continues on for a long time. Um, we've seen, I've seen other reports where, uh, things like suicides are up way off the charts right now. Uh, and that's a big issue. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be probably hearing about this lockdown long after the lockdown kind of disappears. Right. Well, I think you'll have a whole generation. This will become a generational uh, category, just like baby boomers were the result of, um, oh, at the the end of the World War II and people were coming home. And then, you know, nine months right. later, there's a whole new slew population of people. And so I think you will hear about the COVID. COVIDians will probably be the, the name of the generation. COVID that the COVIDians. Well, I think they will have some sort of generation, like this will become sort of sort of generational definition um oh, there goes you know. our internet okay <laughs> oh no your internet or mine because mine's up yep we uh we both blocked blanked out there for a second yeah oh, no. i don't know it'll be interesting to see um sort of you know what everybody calls this in 10 15 years but it's definitely going to change how this generation and and how uh generations uh to come uh sort of do things so right uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Things like this don't tend to uh, just fade away in the distance, and we don't know know the long term effects of this virus just yet. I'm starting to. Uh, I have a family member who had this virus back. Right. Oh, I don't know. Back earlier this year, he has Down syndrome, and he's got some other no. issues that are now stemming, and they don't know if it's um, if he's more susceptible to certain things now because of the COVID or what. Right. But we just don't know if there's any long term effects. I think. Um, while we may have the um, the cure all, so to speak, the vaccination, I don't think we're done hearing about this in the news at all. Um, I still think it's a media forward thing, but well, yeah, here, it certainly is is very well covered. Uh, we'll say that. That's that's the way to put it. I appreciate yeah. that way of putting it. All right, back to something happy. Happy. So uh, we all want to, we all, you know, we're both parents, right? And we, we definitely want to uh, raise inspired kids. 
Um, and so this has made the round on the internet interwebs a couple of times, but um, this is a uh, Navy SEAL commander uh, giving a speech, and I think it's a commencement speech, uh, and his yep. advice is uh, rule number one is when you get out of bed, mm -hmm. make your bed, yep. um, and that's the first thing that you're going to accomplish. And it's really good logic. He also says if you have a crappy day, uh, and you come home, at least your bed's made and you can get into bed right. into a freshly made bed. So, right. uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of a good article to read, uh, you know, and, and it's a good one to share with your kids too. I mean, it's, it's something that's, uh, I think poignant for them as well. Right. And I think this is, I think this is the second military guy I've seen to do a speech where this was the point of a speech, because that's what the military expects you to do. You wake up, the first thing you do is you make your bed. You immediately become a productive contributing member of the military um, community by making your bed. And because unmade right. beds are not okay, they're not allowed and you can get reprimanded for that sort of thing. And there, it, like you said, there's a lot of logic to be seen in this because you, you immediately start your day productive. Chances yep. are you're going to continue to be productive throughout the day. You'll make yeah. better decisions and um, it's I don't certainly think people... something that you uh, you build on, right? You have one yeah. one little productive thing because it's easier to go the other way too. It's like, oh, I didn't get that done. Oh, I didn't get that done. I'm just going to lay yeah. here, you know. Yeah, the self fulfilling. It's um, a way to not be productive, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's nice to walk into your room and see your bed made. It's nice to right. see it nice and neat and orderly, and kind of sets the tone for the rest of your day. So yeah, I, I think that's great advice. Absolutely. And then the uh, the next one I have here is uh, have you heard about this mo the mysterious monolith that uh, they found out in the desert there and was I, it Utah that they found this thing? I did. I've heard it's disappeared. Isn't that it right? It did disappear. Yeah. So, um, but there was a really great uh, piece that uh, Southwest Airlines put on their Twitter because this thing kind of looks like those things at the airport that they use to <laughs> put their row numbers. You know. Right. Uh, and so. Uh, Southwest made a gag about it, but apparently um, there's an article here that says the uh, they've sort of figured out who did the the monolith thing, and it's now gone. We're not really sure who took it or where it went. Oh. Um, but apparently, other ones of these that are copycats have now popped up. So, uh, what is that? You know. What's the stuff headline? The what is that? Is it's probably not aliens? Debate continues on debate continues on whether it's a McCracken. It's a Mc, McCracken, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, this thing is just 2020, right? Well, um, I mean, everything is, you can, 2020 is going to become the next, uh, how do you put that? The, the next comparison. It's not a 2020. It's a 2020. It's so terrible. It's 2020. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be the new standard. But what I thought was interesting was, um, you know, they, they said that they found this thing in Utah and they found it near some really unique rock formations. And then they didn't tell anybody where it was because they wanted to kind of keep looky loose from going out there. And then within hours, a couple of people on Google Maps figured out the location of this thing, right? So oh it's just amazing, you know, what uh, when you crowdsource something, you know, how fast you can solve a problem. But uh, yeah, so they this thing disappeared. There was originally some speculation that um, it was left over from a movie set. And then it was, uh, well, maybe, you know, it's, you know, it's an artist that there's a couple of artists out there that do sort of art installations and in sort of out of the right. way places. And, and I think that's what it turned out to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, 
interesting thing to follow for 2020, right? Just uh, just another 2020 thing. So what we're saying so. is it's been removed and 2020 didn't go away. So it's not the key to 2020. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, but folks. You, you guys screwed up again. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> You're uh, the right worker. <laughs> yeah. Do better, focus. So, you, you know, you, hey, you've ever, have you ever just had a bad day or, you know, a bad week? No, I'm special. I've never had a bad anything. <laughs> I, I know you are. Right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, that happens to all of us, right? We have a bad right. day or a bad week. Even, I mean, like a bad year. Like, I think everybody's almost having a, a bad, bad year, year right? right? So, uh, but you ever, have you ever had such a bad day that you woke up in a different country from where you went to sleep unintentionally? I'm going to say no, that I can recollect. <laughs> well, apparently no. this is a thing that uh, people are getting drunk, right? And then they're waking up in a different country. Uh, wow. So apparently, apparently this is a thing. I think this is probably more common over in Europe where the countries are much smaller. Uh, well, but I can certainly see it. Closer. We're, we're a whole country and we're surrounded by, you know, we, we can't just walk over the state line and be in a country. These people can't. Right. They can yeah, I think I think over here be wake up drunk in a different state, it's right? Different. It's kind of the same thing, but uh, yeah. So this what? article talks about how it's bizarrely common, uh, and so then they have a bunch of these stories. So that, that's a, a good entertainment to go watch. You know, how do definitely you find this stuff. How do you uh, find this? I, stuff? I tell you, this 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 episode is the king of random oh right my here. Gosh, are, so these people we are on the random roll. <laughs> So you just, you just, I mean, I, I'm sensitive to drinking. So a couple of drinks <laughs> and the next morning I'm waking up as though I had a really good time last night when in all actuality, I felt nothing drove home and disappointed because the next morning I know it's like crap. That's I crossed yeah. the threshold. Yeah. I crossed the streams. I'm screwed tomorrow. <laughs> Most people can go out dancing the bar stool and be like, I'm having a great day after drinking all night long. Yeah. How do you get to the point where you don't know what you are I mean, I've seen some blackout things before, but mm -hmm. how do you get to that point where you just hop country lines? <laughs> like, you become know. an international drunk overnight. <laughs> like, that is definitely uh, pushing the boundaries there. I so. need to hang out with those uh, people. That's that's right? what I'm missing in my life, is those kinds we, of people who can party like that. Maybe we need to make a show. I'll, I'll bring my camera. We go interview maybe them. We'll put a whole docu-series <laughs> together on it. That uh, People who woke up drunk in different countries and, and how they got there. People. We need it. Let's right. start with the state to staters and then we'll move to the international yeah. version. Let's start small and work up. <laughs> start small. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, I know you like emotional intelligence, right? That's one of your favorite buzzwords. I, EQ. Right? Buzzwords. It's a thing, Chris. It's not a buzzword. Yes. It's I a buzzword. It's totally a buzzword <laughs> right now. Are you kidding it's, me? No, it's, it's getting I mean, it's getting everybody was popular. giving out. You, you do you even have that book, the emotional intelligence book? And in I mean, Can I know it's in your office somewhere. Behind me, yeah, yeah, so yeah pull it out. <laughs> no, no, everybody's got that little one that everybody was reading and giving away. Come on, I know you got it there. Is that it? Yes, emotional intelligence 2.0. I mean, books. Yes. they were giving away what they ate in corporate America like that was, you know, like candy, right? Well, it's because I mean, the tests the... are in there. The tests are in there, and that's supposed to give uh, you a, a metric. And it's, I don't care yeah. for the test personally, but yeah, actually, there was a thing. Um, I had to correct somebody today. They had um, that book was written by Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves, right. and somebody credited Daniel Goldman for that. And uh, this individual, um, trains you know so i was mm -hmm. like so of course i didn't go 
publicly to say anything. I was like, hey, by the way, da, right. da, da, da. we had a whole conversation about it. But yeah, this is a discipline of mine. And if the listeners out there who know me know this is a, I preach to the, until you're blue in the face, forget if I'm blue in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I preach till you're blue in the face about it because I'm a big proponent. But it helped mold a lot of my thinking. It helped me get right. better about things. So, yes, I, I appreciate the buzzword. Thank you. Yes, what, so it's you a buzzword. <laughs> well, until like, I, I just want to know what's the next buzzword, you know? Because, um, uh, I mean, ability at this rate, let me just tell you. <laughs> We're just coping. It's going to be <laughs> wine and. I need y'all to deal and move on. Deal and move on. Let's go. Yeah next thing well anyhow <laughs> would you guess that elon musk has high emotional intelligence no his 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 tweets give away his ability to self-manage yeah so apparently ink uh, magazine thinks that he has brilliant example, <laughs> brilliant example of emotional intelligence so Who's i guess to be that? fair they're not saying he doesn't have it all the time but he has an example was of, was a brilliant of, no Ver, the, the, was a brilliant example. I want to know when that was because I've read his. We've featured him. Well, so, on the show. yeah. Remember last week we talked about the rocket that they were launching, and we talked oh. about it looking like Wiley Coyote's rocket and all that. Yeah, we compared it to that and a few other things. What about it? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it blew up. <laughs> it's what happened. Um, oh no! Yeah. So th this article talks about. Um, <laughs> You know, so it's a two hundred million dollar rocket, and Elon Musk uh, basically came out to the company and and put out to the company that, you know, hey, uh, we blew up our rocket, but you know, he he basically congratulated the team and said, you know, it it, it was a win basically, and uh, and so they're they're saying that that's a good uh, emotional intelligence example, and I think, you know, from a leadership perspective, that's that's probably the right thing to do. Uh, from a leadership perspective. Um, yeah, it's better than freaking out and panicking. Nobody wants to see their leader panic. Um, it, if he could handle, that's not a good picture of emotional intelligence, by the way. Um, no. <laughs> so him off him being able to get the information, process the information and come up with a statement. Yeah. There's some emotional intelligence in there, but it's not necessarily a, in my opinion, a brilliant example of it. I've seen this guy tweet. He's, he's got some other, concerns about himself that i think he probably needs some help yeah. with i don't know i i, I well I, maybe I think it's a good example though I, you know I, in every failure there there has to be some wins right oh, because yeah, not, i mean yeah. there, there's very few times where everything goes just totally wrong i mean right. and that happens but um, in this particular example you know they launched this the starship uh, it went to 40,000 feet, which was the highest test that they had done to date. That was a huge success is what the article yeah. says. Um, and then these rockets, you know, and are, are, are unique in that they come down and they land back like, you know, back vertical. Um, and uh, technically that part is really, really hard. Uh, there, yeah. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And in this test, the, 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 the rocket did, you know, unfortunately have a nice big explosion. Um, so, so, I mean, that part was a failure, but overall, you know, they were saying, uh, you know, there's, there's still good things out of this test and, okay. um, you know, what they're doing is they're collecting valuable data that they're going to refine. I mean, you have right. to remember the space program, you know, NASA has been launching rockets for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it, actually, if you go back and compare SpaceX versus NASA, um, SpaceX has had many fewer, um, you know, rocket mishaps. 
or explosions or crashes or whatever you want to call them uh, compared to the early days of NASA. I mean, they were just yeah. kind of uh, well, they paved know, the way crashing for everything him. in the early days. So. Yeah, and they paved the way for him. I think in reading, you know, what you just provided, I think he shows a really good example of being of limiting his emotional investment in the right. company. You know, he's not freaking out at least publicly. Um, yeah, something like that because those are those, those seem like necessary evils when you're in that kind of industry. I would think. Yeah, I mean, to Elon though, let's face it. I mean, two hundred million is kind of like, yeah, you know, that's like chump change to him these days, right? So can you imagine? I mean, right? Two hundred million today? Yeah, oh, okay, whatever. Um, like, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> right for him, that's like you know, oh, I dropped the bowl of cereal. Let me uh, let me just go get another one. It's, I'll leave yeah. that change behind. It's fine. I just, yeah. I dropped a $200 million check. We're not going back for it. It's not worth it. Can yeah, you imagine? But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, those test articles, a lot of them uh, can't be reused, right? Because they're, yeah. they're, you know, instrumented up with, you know, for, for the engineers to collect data. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, in, you know, in aviation and space flight, you know, the, the first couple of prototypes, you can't really sell to the public or you can't use them for their normal mission, right? Because they've been, they're, right. they're not they're not exactly the same as the final product so um you know at the end of the day if they blow that rocket up it, it's probably not that big of a deal to them because they're going to build another one anyhow so probably but uh probably. yeah He's i thought that was deal. interesting i saw i saw that and uh yeah we just talked you know, about went, that last oh week, we we have to talk about emotional intelligence <laughs> anytime we can that's the, i love it that's uh that's the rule of our show right yes so and uh, speaking of space and stars and all that kind of crazy stuff, Tell me you, did you know that there, what's that? Tell me we've got another Mandalorian thing. Oh, uh, that's not till later. Come on. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's immediate not, madness. That's not till later. You know, oh. oh no. we got to talk about baby Yoda. I, if we don't, there's going to be some really upset people out there. We have some baby Yoda fans. Grogu, which Grogu, I... Yep. Yeah, I you know the name now. <laughs> well, That's it's because awesome. I, I got told. We had a family game, uh -huh. and we were talking about that because the show come up. Because right. that's what we talk about, the show. That's important. The and my future daughter-in-law basically is who she is. She's right. We were talking to Baby Yoda, and she's like, and I was like, he's got the weirdest name. She's like, I love that name. And I was like, Grogu? She's like, it's so badass. I'm like, it's a G name. It's such. And she's like, uh -huh. my last name starts with a G. I'm like, I stand by my statement. <laughs> I don't know what well, to do here, but. I, <laughs> I just want to meet the first baby that's being named Grogu. Because you know there somebody's going to do that, right? There. There, I mean, that's. There there. That's kind of already have happened. I'm sure. I'm sure that's oh, already have happened. Like I know. I know somebody yeah. who named his kid um, Jordy. And this, I mean, uh, the kid's an adult now. It was a long time ago, but he was so into Star Trek. So Jordy right, right. named his kid Jordy, yeah. and I can't remember the middle name. And then the other kid had a. a I mean, but yeah, there's people like that all over the place. So yep. Good for you. Names. I can't do it. I I I can't name my kid. I can't say Grogi. Like I just no. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> Well, I'm not having any more kids, so I don't have any more names to give out. You can but, have a pet. Let's get you a dog and name him Grogu. That would make sense. I, I would definitely name my dog Grogu. That would be... That'd that would be, awesome. be I could see that, that one. It, it'd have to be like a pug or something, though, because it couldn't be like a lab. because oh, they're like a really big, yeah. burly, ugly-looking yeah. dog because it's so yeah. not the baby Yoda. It's got to be completely right. different. You need that big, badass German Shepherd name it Grogu. People would be like, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's serious. <laughs> They'd be like, whoa eats things folks it will eat you 
Well, so speaking of stars and, and that sort of thing, did you know we've got an event coming up this year um, that's actually pretty pretty awesome? Uh, so every um, 800 years, uh, the stars align and we get this Christmas star. Uh, so J Jupiter and Saturn will align and create the first Christmas star in nearly 800 years. So what does it um, mean, so Christmas the, star? It's in, it's in air quotes. What is the Christmas star? Well, so this is uh, it, basically um, it, the way the light refracts with the, the alignment of the planets creates those sort of beams that you see. Um, and that's often depicted in, in the imagery that you see, um, you know, with, with Christ, with Christmas, with the birth of Christ kind of thing. So, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the alignment is really rare, um, you know, occurs every 20 years or so. Uh, but this one's rare because uh, the planets will be close to one another and it's so close to Christmas and all that kind of stuff. So, so when is um, that? When's that going to uh, take? So it's going to be December, I think it was December 21st. So okay. We, so that's we got a little up. bit of Yep. We got this a little weekend? bit of time. That's Monday. Monday, yep. That'll, so yeah, that'll be before, before our next podcast, that'll happen. Uh, so hopefully people can get out in the, in the, you know, in the night sky and kind of see this thing happen. You've got a really great camera with a, if you've got your telescope attached to a camera, send us a pic. That would be awesome. Yeah. Be that means you have to be outside in the cold at night. So I'll let other people do that. And they're shorts and flip flops. I should know we yeah. were. the. Other well, <laughs> I did go to college in Florida and I, you know, so I have this aversion to cold weather now. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I'll, I I'll let other people do that. Cause you know, you can, get really fantastic pictures by looking them up on the internet. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like the experience is not the same, but I get you. I'm okay. With yeah. That. So did you know <laughs> that uh Wichita has uh, got fairly low cost of living? I mean, yes. kind of already knew that it was pretty cheap to live here, but apparently it's rated number two uh, behind El Paso, Texas. So really? um, I didn't realize it was that low. Um, and wow. move.com or move.org did a little bit of a study and they, they averaged up uh, a couple of different things here, uh, utilities, internet, monthly gas, rent for a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, don't, food, tell the, don't tell the blue states, will you? <laughs> right. Um, they didn't really um, add in taxes and that sort of thing. So I yeah, wonder how these would change. Um, I'm, I don't know that we would be quite in the number two spot with the taxes. Well, um, I'm curious because Florida didn't make the list and I've been listening to Fox news cause I can't stand any other news people right, right now. And there is a lot of talk about a lot of businesses from the North. Um, that's the Northeast part of the country moving into Florida, whereas the, the West coast is moving into Texas. So I'm kind of curious cause Texas has got some representation, but Florida is out there with nothing. So yeah, kinda, and I mean, I, I lived in Florida for a long time, and it, there's no uh, state income tax down there. Uh, property taxes are a little bit higher, but it, you know, if you fit into any you know sort of preferred category like a veteran or an, a senior citizen, then they do give you a break on taxes. So um, mm -hmm. it, it'd be interesting, uh, you know, to see the the business case for that, you know. But uh, yeah, I would because I know what Elon Musk is moving. He is moving his company and his residence to Texas. Right. Um, oh, Oracle's moving to Texas. There's a couple of companies from New York that are moving down to Florida. So I know Texas is the big move right now, which is right. on a whole other hilarious political note. But that's that's interesting information. But I'm not surprised Wichita is so high up there. 
Um, I I had a friend that moved to Florida recently and her home here was, I don't know, $200,000 home in the same, close to where you're living at currently. Um, Her and her family, you know, wanted to move to Florida and they figured out it was either two, two and a half times the same. I mean, so they can't afford, I mean, they're going to live in something like Oaklawn, which is a really low income um, housing area in the Wichita. And so it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me. It's really sad that it, that things get up that high. I can see something like Long Beach or Honolulu. There's there's some desire to live out there because of the weather, because of the beaches, or you know whatever the tourist attractions are. But um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Kansas is here. And but what also kind of surprises me is we have the highest um, import or we we export talent more than we import it. In Wichita, yeah, like that's we, been that's been an hard. ongoing problem for several years now, right? Yeah, maybe that's why we're so low. It's such a low. It doesn't say we're a populous place to live in. Just the cost of living <laughs> right. is low. So maybe there's yeah. a something to something to that. But I, I um, thought it was interesting that Mesa, Arizona, made number eight on the lowest cost. I, I always thought that, that was area was a little more expensive to live. Um, you no, know, the I, ones on the the highest cost of living don't surprise me at all. Those uh, I, I would have picked pretty much the same. Yeah, I would have been up there with those two. Um, and what's interesting is Tulsa is more expensive than than uh, you know Albuquerque, Lexington, Tucson. More than Corpus Christi. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised at that. I really am. Or Virginia Beach. I'm kind of surprised it's not on the expensive list. To be honest with you, right? Yeah. But maybe they maybe they figured out if their economy's working well. Good for them. That's right. All. Yep. That that's all that matters, right? But so, and I guess. Uh, I guess this stuff kind of ebbs and flows, right? Yeah, I'm um, sure it does. It'd be so, uh, like to get a local economist and get their opinion of it. Yeah. And, you know, I think they need to factor in, you know, taxes and, um, you know, what are the average wages and those sorts of things. So they certainly uh, could do a little bit more thorough job there. Yeah, um, I agree. But, uh, all right. So you're ready to crack some politics here? <laughs> I think you're going to like this one. Uh, so there's a gym owner that is uh, in Wichita here, actually, and is suing oh. the state of Kansas over the lockdowns. Um, and I thought the the art the argument I thought was pretty good. The argument was when they did the shutdown, the state effectively commandeered this person's business. Um, and there oh. is a there is a law that states if the state commandeers somebody's business for a purpose. Um, then the state owes that, that business compensation. Right. Uh Um, and so that's for things like, you know, uh, natural disaster responses, things like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think it's a really interesting argument. I don't know if it'll stick or not, but it's definitely something that we should, uh, we should kind of keep an eye on. Right. Right. I would. Yeah. Cause I know there's other places that are really struggling with the, these lockdowns far more than what Kansas is. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something to think about. I don't think anybody thought about the repercussions of some of these mandates that that they put forth, not understanding that they could be held liable for them if right. they don't follow the law. Well, it's, it's... I, I here's my prediction that this won't hold water, and the reason it won't hold water is because if they do, if he is successful with this lawsuit, then that will give the case law precedence, and it allow other people to sue the state, and the state couldn't afford every business that it shut down to compensate. Right. Nope. So, um, cause the state would quickly go broco 
uh, even well, more broke than it already is, right? I think this, well, and I think the state abused its power by putting the lockdown in place anyway. I, I think taking away that right, um, to, I mean, you took away some people's livelihood by taking away their right to make money. And that's, right. and there's, they don't have the ability to bounce back like some of these other businesses do. And so I really think there was an abuse of power. Um, and I don't think this will be the only case that we see that gets pursued. I don't know if it'll oh, go yeah. away, but I think this is good. It just takes one. And we've talked about that in one of our previous shows. When you get to group think, nobody else is stamping out. Nobody else is stepping up. Nobody else is saying anything. Once the first one does, that's it. They all, it yeah, all falls it's... like dominoes. And so um, that right. this might put the state of Kansas in some, into some trouble. And I really don't think our governor is getting back her seat next election because of these shenanigans. And, and Florida yeah, proved it. They have not locked down. They have allowed their people to make good decisions. They've not been a high, um, they've not shown high numbers for COVID in any fashion. Right. And they're doing fine. And so I, I yeah. do believe this is going to cause huge amounts of problems. It was unnecessary, but mm -hmm. good for him. I'm glad he's standing up for himself because a business owner, you've got to, I mean, you've, you got to know the law Absolutely. And to work with it and work around it or use it to your advantage and use it to make money. That's, that's the yeah. thing. So hopefully I hope he comes out on top with this. I really do. You know, I, I hope he does too, but I, I really have my doubts that they'll, they'll let this one, um, you know, they'll let him win. I think the state will try really hard to figure out a way to not let him win because, oh, sure. you know, um, I mean, the precedent that this would set would not be just for Kansas. It would be for everybody in the nation. Yeah. Um, I mean, this would effectively bankrupt every single state. Uh, yeah. And the, the implications of that would be just incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, most states already run pretty, pretty ragged on the financial edge, right? I don't think we've got um, any budget gurus out there at the state level. So this is, this is not a good thing for a state business at all. Well, so what, what's are, unique, they, but what's unique about the states is the states can't print more money. Correct. The federal government, when they get broke, they just print more money, right? I mean, that's just how they do well, it. Well, they try not to because it devalues every time they print another dollar, right. it devalues the last one. And so they've got to be careful about doing that, uh, which is why you have the Treasury positioned the way that it is and then the Federal Reserve. Um, right. But the states are only given so much money from the federal government. But that's why I think this COVID thing has um, encouraged unnecessary lockdowns. Because if you're, I bet, I'm willing to bet, and I'm sure the documentation we can get our hands on. That if you're, mm -hmm. you exhibit these particular circumstances for XYZ timeline, you'll get right. ABC value in return, be it um, some sort of financial you know, windfall or something along those lines, some tax relief or something in return. So I do think yeah. there's a good pro quo type of thing going on here where governors are encouraged to be like, hey, why don't we take our form of welfare from the federal government, the state, and we'll right. just do this and people can gripe all they want to. And that's yeah. not what people want. The majority of people want to work. They want to be able to make the choices that they want to make. And they don't want to be told you can't do that without understanding as a state, we're going to get so many millions of dollars and we're going to give that back to you guys in the form of, you know, blah, 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 handout or this right. program or that program. And I think that's why we're, we're going to see a huge shift in trust in politics. Not that we have that great of a one, but the paradigm yeah. is going to dramatically and you're going to see a lot yeah. more different people running for political offices than what they're used to be yeah i think a lot more people are going to get involved i mean i think if anything this lawsuit will prevent future lockdowns because in the states yeah. will realize well yeah we just can't afford to do that because then we'd have to pay everybody and that's not going to be an right. option so maybe it'll just prevent future lockdowns or or 
um, you know, and it'll encourage some different behavior at the state level. But, uh, you yeah. know, I, we, I wish him luck, but uh, I think he's got a tough, tough road to, to climb there. So, he's, you know, he's probably pretty emotionally charged right now that he's ready to take that road on, too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. The question is, does he have enough buckets of money to throw at lawyers to you know what? make that That's- happen, you know? I saw that um, that Facebook group that we mentioned a couple of times, the Unmask Facebook, their anti-masker Facebook group, right. and they have been they've been actually putting together fundraisers and GoFundMe pages to mm-hmm. promote and to sponsor these very court cases and other such causes. So right. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think if he finds the right group, they'll pay his way. Yeah. He just has to keep going. Yeah. He'll have to, he just needs the energy. Well, time will tell, right? That's true. All right, let's get our workout on. It's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push. You got it. Now harder, lift and push. It's the career workout. Oh, I'm still dancing here. Sorry. I didn't hear anything. It went dead for me. Oh, Uh. So the star of our show, when to lead and when to follow. I think when it comes to dancing, I should definitely follow. Cause I wish I could be leading. I wish I could have seen it. I was so dead. I, I switched this. Yeah, whatever. Ah, I always uh-huh. miss stuff. I'm always missing out. So, yeah. So uh, this is a big thing that um, I, I read a book that basically was about um, followership as a form of leadership. And so if right. you've ever been a leader, um, the, you know, the article starts off with introducing leadership as not really a title or a position. They call it a power, but not um, not how you would normally think of power, but as a, a means of inspiring and influencing people. And that's really what leadership is about, is influencing people. In fact, right. um, Eisenhower had, um, he had said that, and I'm going to paraphrase him as best I can, that leadership is, a, is about getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. Right. So, um, and some of the stuff that one of the, one of the things that I have said for a number of years, once I really got a grasp of good leadership is that the number one priority, the number one obligation of any leader is to create leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's not so much about leaving behind a legacy as much as it is making sure that whatever you're trying to do, referring back to Simon Sinek's book, the infinite, um, the infinite game, which is mm-hmm. what business is supposed to be about. You've got to leave somebody behind that knows how to keep the, the, the game going. Um, right. You don't want it to end, especially if you're talking about business or your passions and things like that. And so this particular um, article that I found, which is from, who, who did this? It is Advisors. It's Stins, Stinselli Advisors. I think that's how you say it. Um, you can see the link in the show notes. I can't. Yeah, that's Stinselli. And so um, she goes into a few things to help you understand if it's time for you to lead your group or if it's time for you to step down and let somebody else take some leadership opportunity. And that's not to say you're going to turn the reins over to somebody in your team or anybody in your team. It's knowing mm-hmm. your strengths and your team's strengths and the weaknesses, being able to utilize those to get the job done. And so she starts off by saying, um, if all you can see is the status quo, if you can't look beyond that, then you're probably in a position where you need to let somebody else lead who can see beyond the status quo. And that status quo is that thinking of we've always done it this way. There's no other way to do it. We've done it this way. It's worked this way. But if you're looking to go to the next level and you can't get past that, you might go ahead 
and give some leadership reins to the person who can see past it, who's got the vision to go beyond the status quo and make some changes. Um, having a laser focus is great, but if you're focused on the same thing over and over and over again, and you can't get out of that narrow-minded type of mentality, it's probably time to let somebody else take over and let them create a new vision, let them give you a new focus, let them broaden your scope. Again, this is not to say you're turning over the reins. It's not you going to, if you're a leader and you've got your boss and you don't, this isn't about going to your boss and saying, I'm done leading. I'm going to let somebody else, my team do it. It's, it's showing your team how to be a leader, getting out of the way and then following them so you can trust them and they can trust you. So it definitely helps the relationship. Motivating others. I've had some really motivating bosses. And then I've had some that I'm like, eh, I mean, I'll do the work, but not because you told me to. <laughs> I'll do the work because it needs to get done. And I really don't care for you much. And I think we've all had these kind of bosses where they're just not motivating. They're not encouraging. Um, and if you know that the, the project at hand is going to need somebody to really take a motivational type of leadership role and you're not prepared to do that for whatever reason, it might be an opportunity to look at some of your other team members who are motivational and do and do have a passion for the project. Um, it's one thing to fake your passion it's the, and fake your motivation. They're both really hard to do to, and make look genuine. So if you've got somebody who's got a genuine passion for whatever you're working on, might be best to let them share that passion. And you can still hold everybody accountable. You can still do the managing and the reporting back up through the lines. But giving somebody the opportunity to take the lead on motivating others and getting them to work and get the job done on time is a, is a really great thing. Confidence. Um, this is, this is so huge. If you're not confident, nobody's going to believe you're confident and they're not going to be confident in you. Um, I know Chris, you've had a, you've had leadership responsibilities. I've had them here and there, probably not to the same degree you have. But I know when either, even when I'm just the follower and I've shown confidence, my leader will attach to me and then we can work through the, the problem together. Um, but if you know you're not confident in something, and Chris, maybe you can and chime in on this, when you've not had the confidence in something and you're just not sure how to do it, have you had somebody that you could turn to and say, you take the lead on this, tell me how you need support, get the job done? Yeah, I mean you know, part of being a good leader is recognizing your boundaries, right? And, and right. when you, when you're at your limit, the only way you're going to grow is, is by, um, you know, making sure you don't, uh, make a fool of yourself and, and set yourself right. back. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I think knowing when to reach out and, and letting somebody else lead is, is certainly, um, right up there. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think like you mentioned before, developing leaders within your team is also really important. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, in corporate positions or, or really any job, you know, you, nobody really plans on being in those jobs forever. Right. Um, so you should always be developing somebody to come up behind you and a good team will be cross-trained anyhow. Um, so yeah. that, you know, anybody on the team can do just about any of the functions and, um, that makes your team a lot more versatile. Um, and that includes, um, you know, kind of rotating out the leadership you know, duties, right? So, right. you know, not making sure you only pick one person, um, you know, like if you go, you know, on vacation or a trip, usually uh, you'll designate somebody as your, as your backup or your, you know, yes. your person that has signature authority. And, um, you know, so what I like to do is I, I like to kind of rotate that around, um, you know, within reason, there's some people that just don't want that responsibility and that's fine to not 
to not force that on them. Um, but certainly for the, the folks that do that, it's okay to, uh, to kind of rotate that duties. You yeah. Know? Yep. So that's that, all of that, you know, take a look at the article and I highly recommend reading it. Um, knowing when to follow is a great leadership quality. You've got to, you've got to try to figure out a way to get your, your, uh, followers to take the lead and want to take the lead. Um, and some people just are absolutely adamant about not doing it. I've got a friend of mine who's just, nope, I'm not. I'm not a leader. Mm-hmm. I have no intention of being a leader. Actually, I know two people. Right. They want no management um, authority. They want no management responsibility, no leadership, anything. They just want to do their steady eddy work and go home. And those are great individuals to have too. But you still want to capitalize on their strengths somehow. If they're highly That's organized, right. utilize that. If they are mm-hmm. um, good with people, utilize that. So it's that's the important thing. And I say this because I've had an, a, a, a supervisor who we had really good strength and weakness compliments. So where they were strong at, I was weak at, and where I was strong, they were weak. Mm-hmm. They refused to recognize that at the same time. And it ended up being a very volatile, hostile work environment relationship where I, within a few months, I'm like, I'm out. I just can't. Yeah. You're not, yeah, your job that. is to help promote me and it's to help get me to my next level. And if you're not willing to recognize this because it, it hurts your ego, mm-hmm you're definitely not meant to be a leader. You need to step aside or find another leadership role where that works better for you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely time to move on. Yeah. But do they, we go to career fail. Failures are fun. Career fail of the week. So, uh, I, I know this is a topic that's uh, close to your heart because I know how much you love micromanagers. I mean, you just, you really, really enjoy uh, micromanagers, right? I have a special place in my heart for them. <laughs> There's also a special place in workplace hell for them, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if so- I can share the right screen here. So this is, uh, you've got eight signs of a micromanager and how not to become one. <laughs> what was really great about researching this article, right, is when I first started looking for it, the first thing that came up was 25 25 ways to know you're a micromanager. I'm like, holy crap, there's no way I'll get through all of those. There's there's so much to yeah. expand on. So you're welcome for nearing it down from 25 to 20 to then 30 down to eight. So you're all welcome. Well, we, all, we all certainly owe you a debt of service. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and the reason I bring this up is that um, there's always something that happens either within my own work week or somebody else's work week that they come and talk to me about to, kind of coach through, if you will. And so this was one of those things that I heard that as ironic as it is, I heard this in a training bit. And then um, somebody mentioned something to me about micromanagement. So it's like, ah, this seems like a perfect opportunity. And so um, micromanagers, um, they're one of those types where if you can tell, if you know exactly where your boss is at all the time, every day, because they're checking on you that often, you've got a micromanager. That's that's so you should be paying attention right now. Um, if you have been micromanaged, if you aren't sure you're a micromanager, if you can't <laughs> without hesitation, without hesitation, say, no, I'm not one you should probably listen to because you, you, you might be, you never know. But so yeah. this covers eight of the numerous ways to tell if you're a micromanager, right? And so the first one is you want to be CC'd on every email that your team sends out. And let me tell you, if, if you have to be CC'd on every email your team, team sends out 
there is something wrong with your team or you. Either you're not training your team to know how to communicate internally slash externally, or you have no trust, which means your team doesn't trust you. Yeah, if you I think, can't trust I think your that's team, the second one's <laughs> most most common, right? Where right. you just don't trust anybody. And uh, yep. yeah, I think that's that's really common. I do too. And I've not, um, I've known somebody who used this tactic as a form of, I don't, uh, you've proven to me you can't be trusted to communicate. Now put me on everything so I can see what you're saying. Versus if you have any questions, if you're not sure, I noticed some conversations had gone out. Let me help you with this. And so if right. you can't have a conversation with somebody else without your boss being involved, or if you won't let your employees do that, there's something wrong. And I bet you, Anybody who does this, I'm willing to bet has a high turnover rate within their team. I can almost guarantee it because that's not an okay thing. And so you can get into this article and read more, but it, it'll give you some breakdown as to what each of these tips are and then how to turn it around. And so one of the ways to turn around this particular tip is um, it goes into more about training on how to exchange emails, how to speak through emails, email etiquette, that, that sort of thing. But what it really comes down to is trust. If you can't trust your team, you're hiring the wrong people or you are the wrong leader. The next one is afraid to lose control. This can be really tricky. Um, it, you know, in project management, you're taught to monitor and control projects. And so there's that can easily get out of hand. But if you're controlling every single thing that your people do, again, we're back to trust and we're back to you're driving yourself crazy. You know, if you're constantly worried about who has a handle on what, um, you're checking on every single little thing they do. If they tell you, if you're if you're telling your your employees, hey, be sure you take care of X Y Z event. You know, be on the lookout for this communication or this particular um, this particular milestone. And then you see that it happens, and you're immediately on your employee to get it taken care of. Then you've got a control issue you need to to take care of. And so that's um, that's a good way to get your your people to realize that you don't trust them or you don't like them. And you don't want them around and they will they'll take off on you again this is a good high good way to uh, create high turnover um and there's a way to make sure that your people are being on top of stuff if you've got a centralized area for communication like oh project management systems will offer a great way to you know exchange data about projects or tasks task management programs there's all kinds of stuff out there so you don't have to continually check on your employees day in and day out you can relax a little bit you do work that isn't yours. This is a big pet peeve of mine. If you assign me something and then you go off and do it on your own, oh, you can imagine I'll be looking for another job very quickly. Because this tells me that you'll tell me, it's, you know, it's like, it's like it's a nice thought. I'll tell you to do this, but I'm going to turn around and do it behind your back before you have a chance to do it. And this is not an okay practice in terms of leadership whatsoever. If you delegate a responsibility, let your people screw it up before you take it over. You know, give them a chance to at least try it out, learn lessons. If it's a project you can't have any mistakes on, you can't have any huge follies with, then, you know, take your employee with you along the way and show them how to do it. Use it as a training opportunity, but don't consistently do the work for other people. They'll never be able to work for you. And then you'll be giving them bad, rev bad reviews on productivity. Yeah. So we're running kind of short on time. Down, Let's just kind of larger one. Let's just uh, roll through the rest of these. Um, you discourage independent decision-making. You talk the most uh, at every meeting. 
you dictate everything, number six. Uh, number seven, you expect regular reports. Um, and number eight, your team has consistently high turnover. So you hit the nail on the head with the turnover thing there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think just uh, lots of good tips in this article. I, I do think that articles like this are kind of like, you know, when you're not feeling good and you go on WebMD and you try and diagnose yourself, um, you know, and 30 minutes after you're <laughs> right. on WebMD, you're, you're, you're convinced that you're going to die tomorrow of some crazy <laughs> disease that you don't actually have, right? So um, right. I, I think you need to be a little bit careful with this because, you know, the, you expect regular reports. I think that's pretty common now and, and corporate America is, you know, reporting up through the chain of command and, uh, things like that. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a micromanager. Um, to me where, where you're a micromanager is you're, um, sort of trolling every little bit that your team does and you don't give them, um, you know, any autonomy, uh, to make their own decisions, to empower them, to, to make decisions. Um, you know, I think as a good manager, um, your job is to do, you know, two primary things. You, you give them stuff to do, um, and then you clear out obstacles so that they can do that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're involved too much in doing the work for them, um, you either have, uh, an employee that's not competent in what you're asking them to do, which is not good. Um, right. or you're a micromanager, right? So um, I think that these are a little bit complicated and um, there's certainly uh, things that, you know, basically, you know, if you just take this article for what it is, you're going to diagnose yourself as a micromanager. Well, maybe that's not the case, right? Mm, gotta be careful with it. I think there's, um, that's why you would go through the article and see the takeaways and there's, there's, it's a lot better than the 25. It would have taken forever to get through the 25 signs of micromanagement. Yeah. But they're well, all there. It took us long enough to get through the first couple. So, right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a great article. It's certainly something to, uh, to be aware of. And, uh, you know, it's certainly a good uh, area for career growth, you know? Right. Um, yep. Yeah, so let's do some IT stuff. Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. So, of course, with moving, um, I got a chance to buy some new gadgets for the house. Of course. Uh, right? And uh, one of those gadgets that I got was a new, um, a new vacuum. And, uh, what's did interesting is I had, what's that? Did you get a Roomba or Rumba? What I are those? Not, I did not get a Roomba. I, I looked at those, but they're, you know, they're kind of expensive and I'm not, I'm not really sure they do a fantastic job. You know, I think they do an okay job, but, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe in a year or so I'll, I'll get a Roomba, but, uh, um, I had my carpets cleaned in the old place that I was renting and I was talking to the guy that was the steam cleaner guy and, um, you know, he kept going on about the shark vacuums and how he's had commercial vacuums and the, the sharks pick up better than some of the commercial models. And, um, he's bought like three different ones of the one he showed me. So, um, I was at Costco and, uh, ended up picking up this, the, uh, shark, uh, SD three, five, one rocket quartered ultra lightweight vacuum with zero M anti hair warp technology, XL dust cup, hand vacuum mode and swivel steering plum purple. Uh, that's a, and, and I did not pay $201. It was, I think $130 at, at Costco. So, um, much better deal at the Costco. 
and then on the Amazons. But uh, this is a fun little vacuum. It's uh, definitely different from what I had. I had a you know regular upright uh, right. vacuum before, um, but man, let me tell you, this thing, it's got some suction. I mean, it yeah. was. I, I've got a, a little you know car, a carpet that's over some uh, hardwood floor, and I mean, it was moving the carpet. You know, <laughs> it was you know sucking it so hard. So. I was really impressed. It's uh, kind of, you know, it's easy to use. It's lightweight. Um, I kind of debated on doing the corded versus the cordless, you know, yeah. and ultimately I decided to go with the corded because it's cheaper and I didn't want to have to mess with batteries going dead and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so. I, I bought a shark recently too. My, uh, my kids and I burned up our old vacuum, which was a, a lower end vacuum. Because then right. we, we bought when we first moved in and because we did not have carpets in the old house and we have them everywhere here. Mm-hmm. And we bought something that was not a, a shark and it within a year, we burned up the motor. And it's like, really? Yeah. For reals? Yeah. Can't figure out what happened, but it, we did. And so I bought a shark and I had, um, I think I'd owned one of the a shark a few years ago when I had carpet my old place before I ripped it out and bought right. the shark this time. I'm like, whoa. Like, yeah, it's they've gotten really good. good. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I mean, I've never owned a Dyson, but I had somebody say the Dyson wasn't worth it. And she preferred a shark to a Dyson. And hmm. I love it. And I kind of want a vacuum. It's like, I know how this carpet's going to look when I'm done. This will be like yeah. that instant gratification button gets hit because I can right. see the change. And it's really, they are really, really good. And they'll suck up everything. And they've, uh, the one I have, you can just empty the canister right out without any problem. Versus yeah, that's, a, that's how this one is. What I really like about this one is it just has a button to go from hardwood floors to, to carpet. Yeah. Whereas my old vacuum, I had to, you know, kind of get down and you have a lever to flip on the bottom of it. And, you know, I, I just thought that this was a lot more convenient. So, um, you know, I moved into a, a new house, new carpet, all that kind of stuff. So, so far as nothing's really too dirty, but um, I did use it on the hardwood floor and, and on my, this old carpet that I had. And I was, I was really impressed on how much it got up. So, um, so if you're looking for a vacuum, definitely check out the sharks and uh, let us know what you think. Because uh, there's, uh, it's incredible. There are just billions of uh, models to pick from now. It's, it's a really yeah. amazing how much uh, variety there is uh, for something as simple as a stupid vacuum cleaner. Well, they're just supposed to suck. I mean, how hard can it be? Yeah. You have one job, and that's the suck. One job. <laughs> you have one job. Nice. All right, let's do some media madness. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. So, what do you, do you have anything for tonight? I noticed you didn't have anything in the notes. Are you I, desperately looking around your office for a book I, to review I, for for tonight? Well, I was gonna tease something, and I need to find the book. Uh huh. Do yours. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> it was right here. <laughs> it's more fun to watch you squirm. It's like it, my kids must have been in my office. I've had some really weird happenings in my office. Like my laptop uh-huh. will be closed when I know I didn't close it. It'll be shifted slightly to once. I'm like, who's been mm. in my office? Like, None of us. Or my are my armchairs are always sure. up and they stop it. Mm-hmm. No you have children or ghosts? One of the two. Pro- well, I mean, anything's possible. It's here. <laughs> Where did I put it? You go. I'll be right there. I can hear you. Well, I need, I need you to talk about what I'm going to talk about. Well, of course, uh, no, I've I don't got think the Mandalorian because you know we've now uh, made a habit here. We have to talk about this at every show. Gosh, right? Again, you're killing me, Scott. Uh-huh. You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, yeah, you're killing me. I love it. Love yeah. it. The Mandalorian, Star Wars, all that good stuff. 
You're going to make me crazy. So I'm... a little bit of spoiler alert. Uh, the latest episode of The Mandalorian, which came out last Friday, uh, it uh, it's a little unique in the fact that it's the first episode in this two seasons so far that doesn't show Baby Yoda. That's so, a bad thing. That's bad. Well, it's interesting. They, they actually... Um, kind of keep it going and it's a you know it's it's not boring at all and you don't really even to me i didn't even really miss baby yoda in this episode i think if it goes on for a couple more episodes i'm definitely going to miss me some baby yoda time but uh no this was really good it was it was a good good episode as always they've they've done a fantastic job with these they're they're wildly entertaining um you know and they do stay within the star wars canon so they're they're inventing stuff a little bit, but they're not going so far out of context that you're like, yeah, that's not even Star Wars anymore, right? Um, they're right. sort of expanding the universe, which is pretty cool, I think. So what do you mean by they're expanding the universe? What? How much further can they expand this thing? Well, I think, I mean, Star Wars could milk this thing, or Disney could start milk the Star Wars thing for years to come. I mean... Probably, you know, they, they just announced uh, this week they're doing new shows uh, based on different things. I forget how many shows it was, but it was quite a lot. It was uh, maybe 12 or something like that. Maybe one of the listeners out there can can tell us uh, the exact number. But they're going to do a bunch of different spinoff shows uh, within the Star Wars universe um, and not necessarily centered right. around the Jedi or any of the, the core uh, you know, Star Wars stuff from the original movies. So, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. They've got, um, you know, the Star Wars world kind of now at, at the Disney parks. Uh, right. I'm looking forward to going to those, you know, someday. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just it's just good, wholesome stuff all the way around. Nice. I need to – I've had – I've had my cousin tell me over and over again, I need to watch that stinking thing. And I just, I'm telling you, I keep we forgetting. should watch it. If, if, you know, Disney wouldn't send us like a cease and desist letter, we could watch it mystery science theater style, you know, where we had our shadows in the corner. Right. And we can just do our running commentary. This, that is hilarious. I'm loading the link. It's not what I want to do. I had the dang book and I'm sending my, my daughter <laughs> after it. it might be in my room. I thought it was in here. So, uh, I was going to tease us a little bit because I heard back. Come on, load. Um, I'm going to click link so you know what to do. It's in there now, so you should be able to bring it up. Um, come back oh, to you're going to make I, me pick it up. Not well. You you can pull the yeah, link. I'm going to do all the. I'm going to do all the work here. Make me do all the hard work. Well, I don't. No, have is that? Are you micromanaging me? I, I can't really tell. No, that it's not in the. <laughs> she's just walked in. Um, you said I'm going to do something. Yeah, no, I thought for sure it was back in the. I thought we put it back into the bookshelf. <laughs> I must not be. I have been. All right, well, uh, I got the link okay. here. We can pull the link up. Let's see that. Link. So, uh, very interesting um, kind of stuff. Um, we, I had featured this book a little while ago on a previous one of our episodes. And um, I took, I, I've been following this guy for a long time. We're on Twitter together and um, we'll tweet back and forth about things and like each other's posts, whatever, but we've never actually engaged in a one-to-one -one conversation. And right. so after this book, I got the idea. It's like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to him and see what happens. And I reached out to him and said, hey, I featured your book on our show. How would you feel about coming on the show and talking about the book? And he hopped on the opportunity. So Yay. he is so all. We're going to have our first interview 
We are. We are trying to, we're trying to get it Man. scheduled up and together. So it's probably going to be um, after Christmas, um, possibly after the first of the year. Um, God, I really want to find that dang book now because I'm so excited about it. Because I think I'm reading it. Um, and so I've read um, the first few chapters, and I'm really, um, um, I'm really in in kind of in awe of how he came about to where he's at today. So he kind of just took one of those whole. It was almost like an epiphany, like he flipped a switch. It's like, what am I doing? Forget this, mm -hmm. and he took off. And so his name is Travis Barton. He um, worked at basically in corporate America for a while, right after college or whatever, and just decided, no, nope, right. not me. And so he had huh? come on our show with us and let us um, kind of pick his brain and tell us about his book and go mm -hmm. through the motions. So we'll look like you know, like we're actually like interviewing. Cool. We're gonna look all professional and stuff. So. I wanted to bring that back up as the media madness thing to tease it up a little bit and get everybody excited about seeing a real life author. Nice. All right. He's published cool. he's there. He's, he's on Amazon. That book was not on Amazon before when we did the show. So it's grown okay. popularity. So that's awesome. And Sweet. now he published this book. So he didn't have anybody um, really backing him in terms of you write the book, we'll publish it for you. It was you write the book. You go out and publish it. There's lots of books out there to tell you how to get your work published um, right. in a back form. So what he did is he had to go out and he had to sell 750 of his books before. Oh, wow. That's a lot of books. Can't, yeah. I don't know a 750 people to go out and sell my book to when I get it finished. And Maybe so, like seven people I could <laughs> probably hawk a book to. Yeah, it's, 750 is going to be, uh, it's gonna that's going to be hard. Out. Is that he yeah. reached somebody like me who just followed him, you know, mindlessly on social media, and that's how mm -hmm. he did it. So um, he's a definite good representation of you know how things are possible. Mm -hmm. You have to have a good mindset. You've got to be right. willing to engage. You've got to be able to take the steps. So I'm really anxious to get him on here and talk with him and and uh, introduce him to our audience and and get awesome. hopefully we can get some comments while he's on the show and and get yeah some that would be great. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I just wish I had the ding book. And <laughs> you're gonna find it as soon as we go offline. I know it's gonna it's like like oh there it is, and then be so mad. Speaking of comments, either our comments are broken or nobody's commenting because I don't <laughs> see anything coming in. Our 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 normals, our little regulars are not in there. We have <laughs> our, our Bam Nation is is kind of they are tonight. they bammed out. They're gone. Oh, what in the world? So we'll. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll hunt you guys down after the show and figure out where you work. Cause I know better. We've, I've, I mean, two of them, I know, I know three of them, I know personally. So you have ex some explaining to do Lucy's <laughs> figure out what's going on. Oh, is that what you, you're, 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 are you paying these commenters to, uh, to yeah. come on here? <laughs> no, but I may have to now if they're going to be this way about it. Um, it may just be one of those Wednesday nights strange things. Yeah. And you know, I think we're getting closer to the holidays and people yeah. are off doing things and, yeah. Yep. Definitely uh odd time of the year. Well, should we wrap this thing up? We probably should. I mean, if we want to go to bed tonight, otherwise. <laughs> I would like, would like to go to bed at some point. <laughs> could I'm be tired. <laughs> I'm still sore from moving. Holy oh, cow. you rest. Oh. oh, man. Well, we thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. If you like what you heard, um, send us a little love by posting a review on iTunes. And don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. We're going to love you forever because making a podcast is not free. To get the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com. That's B-I-Z. 
A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com and look for season one, episode 20. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, have some fun in the mayhem. Good night, you guys. Well, we'll, we'll see you later. Have fun in the mayhem. <laughs>